Welcome to the Danish National Biobank podcast. We've been gone for quite a while due to the coronavirus pandemic. We return now, however, to give you this special series. With speaks from our co-hosted symposium, Scaling Omics Approaches to Population Size. This is Ketja Kostel on the topic Program for Translational Hematology, Creating a Platform for Blood Cancer Research. Thank you, and thank you to the organizers for giving me the opportunity to present the Program for Translational Hematology. My name is Katja, and I'm a PhD student at the Epigenome Lab at Rigshospitalet. And, and, and the lab is run by Professor Kirsten Grønbæk, who is also one of the leaders of the program. And on the picture here, you see all the researchers working under the program. So it's actually all about blood cancers. And blood cancers is a group of various cancers, but common for them all is that they arise either in the bone marrow, in the blood, or in the lymph system. And you all know cancers. You know that it's a devastating disease and that it has, uh, that is a major uh, global burden, basically. And actually, blood cancers contribute substantially to that burden because each year, uh, blood cancers account for more than 10% of all new cancer diagnoses. And although a lot of time and money and research is put into this field, there's still so many unanswered questions. There's so much we don't know about disease development and there's an urgent need for better treatment options, also in the case of blood cancer. So for those reasons, the program for translational hematology was established and it's actually a collaboration between scientists located at Denstam and Biotech Research Innovation Center, which is both part of the University of Copenhagen, and clinicians from the hematologic department at Rigshospitalet. So this collaboration uh, really ensures kind of a short distance from the research lab to the clinic. And by having the doctors on board, we have an easy access to uh, samples. But the doctors can also help us focus our research into where it's most needed. Uh, we all have heard of uh, these great discoveries that were done in research, but never get implemented in the clinic, either because it didn't fit the clinic or because it wasn't relevant for the clinic. So this is where we can really focus our research. And on the other hand, when we do a discovery, we can go back and we can educate the doctors so they get even, uh, they have even more knowledge of the disease. Uh, we can also together design clinical trials, which is really the place where you can test if this uh, discovery can be implemented in the clinic. But the first main task of PTH was to establish a biobank with high quality clinical material. So in 2018, we started a nationwide inclusion of patients. So each time a patient was referred to a hematologic department for the suspicion of a blood cancer, we asked them if they want to be part of PTH. And if they consent, we collect blood and bone marrow samples and we take a skin biopsy. And actually, the blood and bone marrow samples is taken anyway as part of the clinical evaluation. So we just ask if we can take a little extra. And then each time that patient is in the clinic for a follow-up examination, we get these samples again. So we are continuously including patients so the biobanks keep growing, and we also continuously get these follow-up samples. So now that the biobank has been running for almost two years, 
we have a little more than a thousand patients or samples for a thousand patients in our biobank. And as you can see on the chart to the right, 60% of the samples is coming from patients with an actual blood cancer. We have three different types of blood cancers in the biobank. And also 40% of the samples is coming from patients with a pre-stage 3 blood cancer. And I think this is really unique for our biobank. Uh, in our group, we've shown that uh, a group of patients walk around with symptoms and mutations similar to the blood cancer, but they don't have a blood cancer yet. And you can actually detect these mutations up to 10 years before they get a diagnosis with blood cancer. So having these samples in our biobank really enables the scientists to study the very early stages of disease development. Furthermore, uh, 850 of these patients were included at time of diagnosis. And we have samples from a little more than 400 follow-up examinations, where 30% of these are from patients who have progressed to a worse disease state. So either from a pre-state to an actual blood cancer, or from a low-risk blood cancer to a high-risk blood cancer. So having all of these samples really gives the researchers a chance to study each step of the disease development, because we have a sample from diagnosis. For some patients, we have sequential follow-up samples. And then for a subset, we also have the samples from the time that we progressed. So we can really see what changed. And these patients are really well characterized from the clinic. And we have nurses and student assistants typing all this data into a research database so that we can actually access the data. So we know all of their hematology measurements, we know which treatment they get, we know when they progress, and basically any clinical data they have. We just started to include HMAP healthy controls. So we collect blood and bone marrow samples from them, and they, the samples are being treated in the exact same way as for the patient sample. So this really ensures to have a high quality control material. But it's not just the biobank that makes PTH uh, so special. It's actually the whole design of the program because PTH really aims to target each step of the translational process from patient to research back to patient. And I'm trying to give you an overview of this design on the next slide here. So when a patients give their samples to us, they enter the biobank. Then we do some research on basic disease mechanisms. We do all sorts of omics on these samples, and I have to mention that uh, we actually do vital uh, uh, storage of these cells, so we have live cells to work with, which is quite special for our biobank. And then the results of these studies uh, help us to choose some experimental therapeutics. We don't design drugs, but we select drugs from other indications and also for hematologic indications, and then we do experiments on these drugs, and we have two different drug settings. Yeah, and also the results of this impact us. Yeah, so we have uh, in vitro drug testing, where we actually take these alive cells from the patient, we plate them onto some wells, and then we do high throughput drug screening of more than 200 drugs. So then we can really see, for that specific patient, which drug do they respond to? We can also see if they have any cells that become resistant. We can do some more studying on those. We also do in vivo drug testing, where we transplant uh, the patient-derived cells into mice, what we call the PDX mice. And then the mice will mimic that patient-specific disease. So we can evaluate the disease within the mice. We can test drug uh, without the patient having to go through this process. And then the results of the two drug testing, of course, impact each other. If one finds an interesting drug, the other will start investigating it. And ultimately, this all leads to the design of clinical trials. Because this is really where we want to test if these drugs can be implemented in the clinic and be truly used for the patients. 
But we also do trials based on the results that we do from the more earlier research. Yes, and then that all gets translated back to the patient. So there are many different researchers working under the PT8. We do all sorts of omics. We do immune measurements and different kind of in vitro and in vivo studies. And we are working on creating a database where we can upload all these results from the different experiments so that we can compare across. We could, for example, compare genomics with epigenomics. And we currently have two randomized phase two trials going on. Both was testing the efficacy and safety of vitamin C in various blood cancers. And the reason we do this is that blood cancers are in fact epigenetic diseases and vitamin C is an epigenetic regulator. And it would be fairly easy for patients just to take an oral vitamin C uh, dose. <clears throat> we have two more uh, trials coming up. Uh, one where we actually take these pre-stages of black cancer. And then because we have this uh, time window for opportunity to try to do an intervention to see if we can change the course of disease. So we will try if we can prevent or even uh, yeah, or delay their onset of an actual black cancer. <clears throat> and in the other trial, we are studying the efficacy of low-dose venetoclax together with azacitidine in acute myeloid leukemia. So venetoclax is an inhibitor of an anti-apoptotic protein, and azacitidine is a demethylating agent, again targeting the epigenetic part of this disease. So with that, I would like to thank you, the uh, PTH group leaders, and no notice funding for uh, funding the program.